this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. Welcome everyone to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I am Ryan Muhammad, writer and moderator with Becker's Healthcare, and I am absolutely thrilled to have with me today, Dennis Hillen, Senior Vice President, Market Leader at Oscar Health. Dennis, it's so nice to talk with you today. How are you? I'm doing well, Mariah. How are you today? Good. Thank you so much for hopping on today. Um, we are very excited to hear all your answers to these thoughtful questions. Um, but to begin, would you mind please introducing yourself and then telling us a bit about your background? Absolutely. Uh, so as you mentioned, I'm Dennis Hillen. I'm Senior Vice President uh, Market Leadership at Oscar Health. Um, I have the privilege of leading a great team that helps us in the 20 states where we are uh, in business. Um, help delivering our mission, our mission um, in a way that continues to grow, in a way that is engaging and exciting. Um, you know, what makes Oscar a bit different and what attracted me to Oscar is that, is that there's an inherent uh, consumer centricity that is not only in the platform that was built and, and, and that we've been founded around, but also then in the team that it attracts. Um, and so people like me, many of us that are at Oscar, uh, experience maybe some frustration in the healthcare system, whether it be as a consumer or a patient, or maybe even when they were working in the industry, and help join to try to make it better in a way that's powered by technology, in a way that's centered on the empathy that comes with consumer centricity and provider centricity. And it's something that uh, I've been enjoying over the past three years um, after spending some time um, at another payer and before that, even outside of the industry. And when I was outside the industry, that's when I realized that my calling was to try to get into healthcare, unpack it, and figure out how I can try to make it better. And I've been able to do that, I think, most especially with my time at OSCO over the past three years. Well, that's absolutely amazing. I'm glad you finally found a home that you can make a significant change in. So that's absolutely wonderful. Um, and that brings me to a good point. The uh, first real question I wanted to ask you is what are you excited about right now? Is there anything you're doing at Oscar Health that every day you're like, oh my God, this is so great um, or anything that you're seeing right now in your career field? Yeah, I'm, I'm most excited about the continued push for the consumerization of healthcare. Uh, and what I mean by that is when you look at the trends over especially say the past five 10, 15 years, what you're looking at is a model where the consumer is put in charge of their healthcare decisions, whether it be from the financing or even how they may experience it. Um, and part of what we do at Oscar is really build upon that. You know, as I mentioned, we have a consumer centric model. We understand that this is the future. In many ways, it's the present. Um, and so when you look at some of the decisions we made, not only in the way we built our platform, but in the markets we focus on, we focus on the ACA uh, individual and exchange marketplace. And we believe that there's really no better place um, for you know, people 
to to engage with the with, with their health than you know when before they really need healthcare. And with the ACA market, that's what you find. Many folks have never experienced healthcare before and are in need of a solution to help guide them down their journey. Uh, and so we thought it was a great place really to begin our journey and really ride that way from its inception. You know, based on the latest data from CMS, the ACA market now is, is projected to grow to 16 million individuals in 2023 and soon surpass 20 million. Uh, that'll be even more exaggerated after Medicaid redetermination and the, just the continued push you know, towards this market. Um, and we believe then that this individual marketplace is really going to enable a model where technology is going to need to guide each and every one of these what will be 20 million people on their own unique path. Um, and it's something that, that, that I'm you know, excited about. I think it's a bit of an awakening. I think technology has always been a part of healthcare, just given size and complexity. But when you think about modern technology, when you think about elegant experiences, when you think about curated experiences, uh, this is, I think, really the moment when all these things start to come together. Yeah, absolutely. The consumerism of healthcare is definitely something I am hearing more of each day. And I think people like myself are hearing more about health systems being more consumer focused, which is lovely because healthcare can definitely be a bit confusing. Um, are there any issues you're spending most of your time on today? Yeah. One of the things we spend time on today is helping grow that number in the ACA. Yeah, I mentioned it's now at 16. It's you know trending to go to grow over 20 million. What that means is that this product is now getting into the corners of the market um, in areas and consumers or, or American citizens that has historically been uninsured. So what this does is helps. We've got a mission at Oscar to make a healthier life affordable and accessible to all. And when we say all, we, we really mean all. If you look at the states we serve, if you look at the markets we've increasingly served, we're, we're getting out into uh, the, the historically underserved areas. We think technology is going to help us do that in a way that delivers an end-to-end -end experience from accessing care through health insurance to uh, care delivery in partnership with our provider partners, and then also leveraging some of our virtual care offering. Um, but that requires us to then get into very deep pockets of communities. You know, as I mentioned, communities that are that have been underserved or that maybe didn't understand or uh, what was available to them or what was available to them doesn't, doesn't resonate with them. And that's really where we think we can continue to close this gap of the uninsured. Um, one example of something that we've been doing is building out what we call our culturally competent care program. And so with this program, we're able to use technology, engagement, and empathy to address the systemic barriers in our healthcare system. These barriers have made accessing quality care unattainable for many communities, and many of the communities we serve, and many of the communities we hope to serve. But what we try to do is look at our network. Um, you know, the health insurer, our network is really the ability for doctors uh, to provide services to our members, and it's really the backbone of what we do. We want to make sure that that network is culturally competent. And what that means is that we want to be sure that the members we attract, which, as I mentioned, are the ones that have been historically underserved, 
can find a provider that they believe is going to be best equipped for their needs and will understand who they are as a person. Many times this is based on language, it's based on race, it's based on ethnicity, it's based on preferences that are maybe unique to that individual or may feel unique to an individual. And we've got to do a good job of making sure that the network that we offer resonates with the members that we attract. Now, similarly, to help power that, we are building a database um, with our provider data, database that now starts to add elements that'll help matchmake, if you will, uh, in the way that I described. We want to make sure that our provider database includes language, spoken language, race, ethnicity, et cetera, and to the extent even pictures of our providers um, to make sure that, that this information is available as our members engage with our, with our system. But we know data alone uh, and the experience alone isn't enough. We also need help from the community. And one of the things we've been doing is launched, we've launched a, uh, a grant program um, at the community level, part of our culturally competent care grant. And as an example, in 2022, we awarded $50,000 to three nonprofit organizations that are also helping support these underserved communities. We think it takes a village. Um, so we'll do the best we can you know, with our product and with our offering and with our technology and data. But we also wanna be sure we have the support of our provider partners in the community to really help make this happen. Yeah, thank you so much for that insight. Uh, Dennis, before I let you go, the last thing that I wanted to ask you is, what will the most effective healthcare, healthcare leaders need in order to be successful in the next two to three years? From my view, I think to be successful, healthcare leaders are gonna have to have empathy. And I know that sounds just almost just a basic human need, but it's, it can be difficult in a system that is a $4 trillion system that is enormously complex, that's very disparate. Um, it, it, it's hard, I think, sometimes to remember that these members are patients. These are patients that are, generally speaking, people who are, are often at their most vulnerable moment, maybe in their lives. Um, and it's something that, as maybe an outsider that came into this industry about 15 years ago, I tried to bring, and I learned more and more about the more research we, you know, I've done uh, with, with my teams over the years to understand what makes, one, this industry so large, and what makes a lot of the decision-making seem irrational. Um, yeah, oftentimes, it seems irrational because it is irrational. It's uninformed. It's someone navigating this disparate system in a way that is trying to do the best they can to help their family or to help themselves get back onto the track of a healthy and productive life. You know, similarly across the organization that, you know, where I work at Oscar, many people have had these, some, these same experiences. And I think that when you build a team that has deep empathy for its users, I think the types of things you can do are, are extremely powerful. Um, and, and what your product is actually capable of in driving members towards outcomes that are best for them, best for society, and best for, you know, what's, what's that $4 trillion and growing industry is, is something that uh, is possible. Um, so this is the thing you often see in other industries. You know, technology is great at this. Um, digital experiences are great at this, like social media is great at this. Even consumer, you know, CPG has, has been good at this. They understand 
consumer segments, they understand consumers, they know how to build engagement, they know how to build trust. And, you know, we see this within the work that we do, and it's something I would encourage other leaders to do as well. It shows up in things, as an example, in the type of kinds of things we measure. Um, you know, we look at how many of our members are engaged in, a, in an online account. And on average, 44% of our members are digitally engaged with their online account. 75% um, of our members have interacted with our digital or care team. Um, and then we, one of the things we ultimately measure is NPS. You see this in a lot of other consumer-oriented industries. And our NPS is 50. Um, the industry average you know, we've seen is, is, can be around three. And if you understand that promoter score and how that works, there's a big difference in three to 50. And how you get that, from my view, is by understanding the, the needs and, and wants and desires of your uh, consumers, or in this instance, our members, who are who is this cohort of, as I mentioned, vulnerable patients just looking to try to get on with their lives. So I would, I would uh, encourage you know, other healthcare leaders to take that same insight and apply it to their business, apply it to what they do as part of this really, really important, large, broken process of a, of a system that we have, uh, and make sure that it's built around you know, the people it's intended to serve. Wonderful, wonderful answers. Thank you so much for those final thoughts, Dennis. Uh, this has been an amazing discussion. So I want to thank you again for coming on Vectors Healthcare. We really do appreciate it. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Great. Thank you so much. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.